Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, you think the party's really only just getting started if you're either in Kansas or still in Vegas, Monday afternoon, Vegas time. And it's where we catch up with Laurie Horish from ESPN, who's about to get out of there, in fact, about to jump on a plane. G'day, Laurie. Yep, it's been a big, 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 busy week here in Las Vegas. Seven days, actually eight days and counting. And um, while I'm very lucky and very appreciative of the opportunity to come out and, and cover and be around another Super Bowl, I'd say eight days in Vegas is probably most people feel. <laughs> well, you can stick around if you want and hang around for the NRL because the next the next party's coming into town, but I don't know if it's going to be as big as, as what's taken place. So we'll talk about... Super Bowl 58 in just a sec, but but tell me about what, what's happened since full-time in overtime. Well, I mean, since since the, the confetti has come down and the Kansas City Chiefs made it two in a row, the immediate talk now moves to three-peat, and the Chiefs are part of that. They've said how amazing that would be and be an incredible accomplishment. They're the first team to go back-to-back in almost two decades. We think of some of the dynasties of the past. You, know, you think back to, obviously, Tom Brady Patriots, that Tom Brady and Patrick Holmes are going to be compared for years and years going forward, looking back to what the Dallas Cowboys did in the 90s. and This is an absolute dynasty. So that chat has started, obviously, the fall, not the fallout, but the uh, next step for the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey uh, romance and, and just the heights that Travis Kelsey has reached. I mean, his, the, the, the cloud nine that he was on, on that podium yesterday when he let go of a really, I mean, he really ripped into a bit of Las Vegas. Um, he, he let go of his... Uh, borrowed catchphrase from the Beastie Boys: "You've got to fight for your rights, party." Um, it's been it's been incredible, and I think we it's further cemented what I know. I am someone who has, and, and I know a lot of others have uh, put forward that Patrick Mahomes, his first six years in the NFL are unparalleled. No one has done what he's done from a team achievement, individual achievement, passing yards, stats, all of that. Not to mention the style and flair that he plays with. No one's done what he's done through this part of his career. He's the best I've ever seen do it. Um, and, and honestly, as people are always going to get into counting measures, you know, oh, well, until he gets to seven rings, you know, we can't compare him to Brady. And, and I look at it as someone who grew up following golf. There was a lot of people that saw Tiger Woods and his chase for Jack Nicklaus's 18 majors. And a lot of people say, sure, you can wait for the numbers to add up or you can look what's going on in front of your eyes right now. And, and that was that Tiger Woods was the greatest to ever do it. And in my opinion, I've never seen anyone play the position like Patrick Mahomes. And some of the other fallout is just seeing some comments from the 49ers that perhaps there was a lack of clarity um, from some of the players, their understanding of the rules of overtime and how they've shifted over the years. And now it's going to put a little bit of a, a magnifying glass on, you know, the, the coaching and the player operation um, down at, you know, the most pivotal point of the season. Speaking of coach and player and speaking of relationships, how's the Travis Kelsey-Andy Reid relationship? I mean, I, I would have expected much bigger blow-ups and I, I wonder if there would have been much more fallout from that had the Chiefs lost. Well, I think something with Andy Reid that he's been credited as being for a long time as a head coach before he even got to Kansas City was his ability to relate to players and deal with players. And, and different players do need to be dealt with differently. He has a very good relationship with Travis Kelsey. He's appeared on the Kelsey, you know, Jason and Travis's podcast, The New Heights Show, together. Um, he's, he's spoken glowingly of him, and he understands the character that Travis Kelsey is. Look, it was not a good look in a singular moment 
Um, it comes from, from Travis. You, you know that that's coming from a point of frustration. The offense is struggling. It wasn't a point of, you know, it, it wasn't coming from something petulant or, um, you know, something malicious. It comes from frustration, wanting to get football and wanting to, wanting to excel. It wasn't, a, in, there's no way that it's a good look um, in that moment. But Andy Reid, you wouldn't know um, that there were any issues um, with how the rest of the game went, how they performed after the game, those post-game scenes. Look, winning does tend to, tend to heal everything. And, and I do think back to the old Jimmy Johnson um, adage, uh, the great uh, Cowboys coach said, look, you treat everybody fairly, but that doesn't always mean you treat everybody equal. You do have to treat some different players, know how to manage them um, slightly differently. And, and credit to Andy Reid, because it's, in one world, in one universe, in one timeline, that moment is the start of a spiraling out of control and, you know, the collapse of the Chiefs dynasty and it all crumbles from there. But credit to him, credit to that sideline, the team's leadership, Travis Kelsey, um, the other offensive teammates for maintaining um, focus and getting their offense back on track, coming up with solutions to the big problem that the San Francisco 49ers defense presented them, particularly in that first half. So I guess we know where this leaves the Chiefs and Mahomes in particular and the dynasty and all of that. I mean, it's pretty well wrapped up in that victory, isn't it? But where does it leave the 49ers? Is this the one that got away and is this the one that, that might hurt them down the track or is it a turning point? Where, where, do the, where does San Francisco sit at the moment, Laurie? Well, this challenges the idea that if you put a ridiculous amount of talent around a decent, cheap, young rookie quarterback, that you can win it all because this is about as good as you can lay it out. George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, a Hall of Fame offensive lineman at left tackle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Kyle Shanahan's offensive scheme, and it still wasn't enough to get it done. A really good defensive performance. It still wasn't enough to get it over the hurdle. So this was their best shot. I, I think this was a better shot than, than four years ago when these two teams tussled uh, in Miami, and I was lucky enough to be at that Super Bowl as well. And and ultimately, yeah, it does challenge this idea that if you don't have the man, if you don't have one of the guys, a bona fide top six, top eight, top ten quarterback, uh, can you really do this? And can you get over the line? And for Kyle Shanahan, look, he's been an offensive coordinator, a head coach in three Super Bowls. He has had a 10-point lead, a double-digit lead in all three of those Super Bowls. He has lost all three of those Super Bowls. That is a shadow. That is a dark cloud that is going to hang over him. He is a transformative offensive line. He's revolutionary in his impact that is spread out. He's probably the most influential offensive, maybe the most influential coach of the past five to 10 years in the NFL. And yet right now, that is where the titles end because he's not at a champion. Interestingly, it's actually a similar point that Andy Reid was during his time as a Philadelphia Eagles coach, made a number of NFC championship games in a row, made a number of Super Bowls and wasn't able to get it done. It's actually interesting that he's put himself in a similar similar spot to where the man who beat him uh, once again last night uh, was before he went to Kansas City and completely changed the course of his career. Andy Reid, now one of the greatest of all time. And a final one on on Vegas itself, the city that you're about to say goodbye to and Allegiant Stadium. (laughs) First time that they've hosted the Super Bowl. Did it feel like that, that Vegas became a Super Bowl city or did it feel the other way around, that Vegas was bigger than the Super Bowl itself? No, Vegas became a Super Bowl city. I will have no doubt that Las Vegas will find itself as one of those rotation cities. We think of cities like New Orleans, where the Super Bowl seems to make its way back there every, you know, half a decade. Las Vegas will become that. Um, I think from an entertainment standpoint, hotels, the ability to house players, the ability to put on different events every single night. Yes, we all know about the casinos and the shows in Las Vegas, but the stadium itself was a picture 
It is a phenomenal indoor stadium. It's 60-odd thousand, so it's not a mega stadium. Um, and that actually gives it a slight, despite being very grand, very impressive, it does give it a nice level of intimacy. You're not far from the, far from the field. The atmosphere was fantastic. I was actually lucky enough where I was uh, standing and watching the game. I was next to the organising committee um, and having a chat with them, and they were so happy with how things had gone and very excited for what's to come. And I, I absolutely think the Super Bowl will be back in Las Vegas. The one thing I'd say, and this was speaking to some locals and some, you know, cabbies and some Uber drivers that see everything, they hope that with the arrival of sport in Las Vegas, and it's not just the Super Bowl, they've got a big ice hockey team. They have, you know, there's basketball um, that's going to get played here. There's uh, obviously, the NFL has arrived here. We've got um, we've we've got uh, a number of other sports. UFC is very prominent here. With all this sport coming in here, baseball is going to have a bigger footprint here. I think they need to add some infrastructure in terms of transit and roads. Um, who knows? Maybe you get a nice it'd be a nice little Australian homage if you get a little light rail running up and down the strip, maybe. But something to add to that to just help with the traffic because all the traffic was uh, a fun side storyline this week. Mm. All right, mate. Well. Well done. That's a that's a long tour that you've had there, a long, hard tour. And I use that in inverted commas because everyone's going, hey, mate, you just covered the Super Bowl. So you enjoy your sleep, have a good rest, and we'll speak to you on the other side. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.